0: are listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Hi, so good to see you all. This is way different than last week, at least in here. Hey, by the way, hello to our fabulous online family. You are not forgotten. We are going to continue to do the best we can to provide great online services uh, for those that are camping and going out. You can, of course, when you're camping, you have internet access, right? Of course. Um, but to watch those, so you're welcome. Uh, if you're joining us online, we are so honored that you would be uh, here and picking us uh, to worship together today. So. Outside of that, so last week I was standing over here, kind of where Greg was, and I was worshiping really awesome by myself over here to the same thing you worshiped, but I didn't sound as good as I sounded today. I must have improved a great deal in my vocal ability today, because I sounded much better today than I did last week by myself. And then last week, uh, Jessica was behind our camera there, and it was her and I in this room preaching the message. And uh, man, I was just thinking, man, I'm starting to get better at that, and now we're moving to, we still do that, but moving to live services. So welcome. I am so glad and honored that you are here today, Uh, excited as we move forward uh, in our walks with the Lord and in this time with uh, the things that are going on in our world, that we do it together. Because together, if we don't get there together, it doesn't really matter, right? So uh, why do we tell stories? Why do stories matter? Let me tell you how much stories matter. Do you know that in the month of May, the average number of Netflix hours viewed per day were 203 million hours of Netflix was watched every day. That's over 6 billion hours of eyeballs watching a screen. And what are they watching? Stories. You're hearing about stories and whatever the, whatever the theme is, whatever the hot new show is, but their stories have a plot line and they have a point and they have a purpose and some of them will engage you and bring you in and some of them are funny and some of them are sad. Some of them are, you know, if I just say the name of a story or a movie, you probably know it, right? So if I say Titanic, you probably, oh yeah, that one. If I say Hoosiers, And you're a basketball fan, you're like, oh, yeah, that one. That was the one with the little town where they went and won it all in the big state. That's cool, like the underdog. Uh, If I say Star Wars, you understand the story. So stories matter now, obviously, 203 million hours. You know it's been roughly 17 to 18 million hours since Christ died on the cross. We're talking 203 million hours a day of watching Netflix. We're not talking about Hulu. We're not talking about Amazon Prime. We're not talking about all those other ones. We're not talking about TV or cable or whatever. It is. We're talking just Netflix only. So we are consuming of stories. And so when you think about the stories and the parables, I want you to, to think about them differently. I don't want you to just kind of as we go through the par- parables back, oh, yeah, I know that one. So like next week, I'm preaching on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day in advance for you folks, in case I forget. Um, and I'm going to talk about the parable of the prodigal son. So how many of us, when I say what that one is, you're like, yep, got it, finished. I already understand the context completely. Totally, there's nothing new I could possibly learn from that story. Right? So we have to be careful as we enter these stories that we're keeping an open mind. And so you just saw the parable of the the sower. And so we kind of hit that quickly last week. But let's talk a little bit about context. Why would Jesus talk so much about these farming parables? Why would it matter to his audience, right? So uh, Doug Greenwald uh, is a scholar, and he was talking about that 80 to 90% of people in Israel in the first century were peasant, indebted, tenant farmers. Just imagine 90% of us had the same career field. And they were living on the edge of poverty. So if you wanted to get their attention, guess what you could talk about? Farming. Makes sense, right? So they would work for these uh, people that own the land, and 25 to 30, 30% of the grain that they would produce would go to the landowner. of the fruit that they would use would go to the landowner. You were one bad harvest away from dying, away from starvation. One bad harvest away from starvation. One drought remained from financial ruin. Can you imagine that, dads and moms, seeing your children starve to death? You could get people's attention knowing what your audience is, and knowing what matters to them. And so they knew farming. So we find this parable uh, in all three of the Gospels. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Last week we went over it in Mark chapter 4. John is all new material. uh, Not parables in John, but so all new material. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke are going to contain certain parables, and they're slightly different. But the word parable in the Greek is paraboli. And it literally means throwing alongside. Throwing alongside, throwing what? By comparison or illustration or analogy, and it's so cool that Jesus chooses to come alongside all of us with parables. Remember the sermon we talked about throwing your stone, like knowing who you are and what you are and taking the risk to throw your stone? Jesus wants to come alongside of us and teach us through his parables and help us to understand and throw our stone, to change, to be molded, to be transformed. So as we go through this big picture of the summer camping and the parables, uh, I want you to, here's a couple of ground rules we'll go over. Uh, Be open to disrupting your routine. Letting God reshape your ideas about his kingdom. Engage with scripture differently than you have before. So I want to challenge all of you this week to read through the parable of the prodigal son every day. Open up your Bible, read through it with your family. Try and view it differently. See if there's some things that you haven't noticed before in the parable. And just like when Jesus spoke in the the parables, they're they're going to hear it differently. We're gonna hear it differently. I'm gonna hear it differently. Some of the folks that are teaching up here might hear it differently. That doesn't mean that whoever's speaking up here has the final word and complete understanding of the parable that they're talking on. Right, These things are much deeper. What did one of our teachers say a while back? He said, we are not here to master this. We are here to be mastered by this. Right? The text is to master us, us not to master the text. These parables, when done right, should bring comfort in the gospel of Jesus. Should bring comfort. And they also should absolutely bother you. If it's crafted and the messages we've heard that are crafted to make us feel nice and comfy and, and it's, the, it's just a real comfortable parable, like, that's not what Jesus was doing. And one of our uh, sermon club uh, folks said, it's like taking a snow globe. And it's like lifting it and shaking it upside down, all of those things, and then flip it back over and there's things going everywhere. That's what Jesus intended for the parables to do in our lives. He told parables that made people What? Angry. He told stories that they had already kind of heard before and they were like, yeah, uh-huh. okay, yeah, I know this one. Oh, the one about the, the parable of the lost son. Okay, uh-huh. Like it wasn't the first time there's other, there's other recordings. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. You told it wrong. The father is supposed to be angry. Actually, the community is supposed to stone that kid before he ever gets back into the family. You messed it up, Jesus. No, no, he didn't mess it up. So the parables are not just some good Sunday school stories for you to be just like, oh, that was cute. The parables are intended to change our lives. So let's dive in here, Mark 4, chapter 10, or 4, chapter 4, verse 10. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. So that. So anytime you get a so that, that's pretty important. That's like a therefore. Right? So he says, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving. Was there some sort of trick here? I thought perception was good. And ever hearing, but not understanding. Wait a minute. I thought if I could hear it, I would understand it, right? Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Aren't we supposed to, Jesus, aren't we supposed to be trying to help people be forgiven? We just sang a song about it, right? Your forgiveness. I don't understand. What are you what are you doing, Jesus? What are you talking about? Verse 13, then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parables? Anybody else just kind of confused here? You're just like, wait a minute. I thought this was the simple one, like plant the seeds in the good ground. How could they not understand that? So Jesus is using what we call a ramez here. He's using a hint, right? He uses hints all throughout the scriptures to take us back to another scripture. Wow, he wants us to like be in deeper text, right? So he's like, hey, go back to the Hebrew scriptures here because you probably remember something about hearing this before because it triggered a memory because you didn't watch 203 million hours of YouTube. You studied the text or of of Netflix. You studied the text and you're like, wait a minute. That sounded pretty familiar to something and they wouldn't go to their Bible or anything cool because they had it here, in their heads, eh, don't we remember the prophet Isaiah saying something about this? Wait a minute, let's read Isaiah 6. And I, is he telling us to go to Isaiah 6? Okay. Isaiah 6. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. Yeah. Right? Send me. What do you want me to do? I'm ready, God. I'm going to charge the world. What do you want me to do? do? I'm ready. Go be Jesus. Well, not then, but. uh, And he said, go tell tell these people something for me. Okay, I'm ready. I want you to go tell them that they be ever hearing but never understanding. Go insult them a little bit. Be ever hearing and be never understanding. Be ever seeing But never perceiving. Sound familiar? Make the heart of this people calloused. Wait a minute, Jesus. Are you trying to take us to something about the heart here again? I thought we were talking about dirt and farming. Make their ears dull. And close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Yeah, we certainly wouldn't want that. So Jesus takes them back to Isaiah 6, and then they would be like, Ah, got me. I understand what you're talking about, these soils. This soil isn't really just actual dirt and places to, to put the seed of the word of God into those things. The soil is, actually has a lot to do with my heart. And isn't this an interesting time in our world to be talking about our hearts? For Jesus to be so concerned with our hearts, that he takes us back in the text and wants us to be careful about having calloused hearts. What does our soil look back? Look like? Hearing and obedience. So the word for hear, we talk about the Shema before, uh, the, the prayer that they would say every day, hear, O Israel, hear. The word for hear is basically the same thing as, as to obey. It's not just to listen to something. You guys have had the opportunity to listen and to hear some pretty amazing sermons over the last 3 or 4 months, not necessarily preached by me, but by lots of other folks as well. Like we could we could get lots of knowledge, can we not? Like if we're just looking for the best sermon that's going to be preached on a Sunday, there's a fairly large chance that it's not going to be the one in here. But it's not just about us hearing and intellectually understanding God's word so we can step back and make judgments, the word here means that we are actually supposed to do what it says. We are supposed to invite this into some fertile soil in our hearts and actually do what the text tells us to do. And it's as simple as love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and the second is like it, love your neighbor out yourself. Done, easy, cool. I'm still struggling doing those things. How about you? So this is a lifelong mining of these rocks. When you think about the soil and you think about this parable, maybe look at it this way. Think about it. that You know there's rocks that come up every year in the fields? My son uh, worked for John Salisbury for about one day. No, he worked for him longer than that once in a field. And he and his his other son, uh, they went out and picked up rocks. And Jake's like, that was horrible, and I'm never picking rocks again. And you're just walking out there picking up rocks. Well, how come there's still rocks coming up there? I thought that this thing has probably been farmed for a long, long time. And yet you still see that we're picking up rocks. If you've ever been to Israel, it's like the rock tour. There's rocks everywhere there, right? And so of course you'd have rocks in your field every year. And of course you'd have to work those out. And of course you'd have rocks in in your heart every year. And of course you need to work those things out. Of course you've got to watch our hearts. Because sometimes I've grabbed my own rocks and I've thrown them in my own field and then go over and stub my toe on it later. Well, on. Anybody else done that? Just me, right? No, you're like, whoa, where'd that rock? Oh, that's the rock I put there because okay, I didn't listen, I didn't hear, I didn't obey, and so now I get to go stub my toe on a rock that I threw in my own field. And then you can have somebody else throw a rock in your field. Anybody else have a, th- have a rock thrown in their field by somebody else? Yeah, I knew it. It was Randy's fault. Get over here and get this rock out of here. No, we have rocks in our soil. If you can't think about this again, he says it here in, in Mark 4, uh, 13. He said to Jesus, don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand anything else that I'm going to say if you don't understand how to, how to, how to, treat, how to treat your heart? If you don't understand what soil what you're planting in the soil how will you understand all of these other great things of knowledge that i'm going to give you the secret there's one that talks about the secret Right? he talks about the secret the mysterious and it's not a secret that something is hidden in there that you don't get to know about it's a secret for you to discover and he has things for all of us to discover in his parables If you go on this ride with us this summer, you are going to discover stuff about God's parables that you never knew before, because you're going to look at it with different eyes. And at first, when you see what's coming up, you'd be like, yeah, I know that one, do you? Is it that easily mastered? Is this, yeah, simple. Are you still mining rocks? Because I'm still mining rocks out of my life. So work the rocks out of your soil. Rocks come every year. And some of the rocks that are in my soil and your soil, we don't address them alone. You need to address them in community. And some of that is in community within your own life. Anybody had their spouse ever point out a rock to them in their life? Yeah, amen, right? And how did you take that? Well, it depends on the nature of the relationship at that time that rock was pointed out. But it also depends on how much you know that they love you. It also depends on how your ears are doing. Do you trust that God is going to bring people into your life, that you are going to let them be part of your life, that they're going to be able to tell you some things that you're missing that you're not seeing that you're blind to because they can see it from a different perspective? And when they tell you about that rock in your field, how are you going to react? Well, you ought to look at the own rocks in your own field then. Look at my rocks. You got plenty look at all those. It's a tactic. You can divert 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 away from you and towards somebody else. Does that happen in our society? It's so hard to look at my own mess. It's such a mess. Don't do it alone. We need each other to help excavate the junk that's in our lives. And if you're unwilling to build those relationships, you will continue to have more and more junk in your life. You will have bruised, beat-up feet, and you will fall on your face in your own rocks. And falling in rocks is no fun. You want some deep, palouse, like three-foot, soft soil to fall into, and that's your arms of your brothers and sisters and God's word coming around you and be like, ooh, yeah, that was a tough fall. Good thing you had some good soil over here. Let's go work on that rock together. So God's talking about, or Jesus is talking about like, let's take a look at your heart. If we can get your heart right, you're going to learn a lot from all these future parables. And that's kind of the, the point and purpose of why we want to start with this one. Let's come in here with different eyes and a different attitude. Let's have, be open-minded that God's going to teach us something new this summer as we sit in the parables with some cool, fun stuff. And let's work on the rocks in our own lives and let's be, have, build enough relational capital with other people that they'll actually take the rock that you're pointing out in your life and be like, hey, thanks for telling me that. You're not telling me that because you want to pick it up and throw it at me. You're telling me that because you don't want me to hurt myself. Christ demands it of us. He demands that we look at our own rocks. He demands that we help others with their rocks, even the big ones, even the ones that are hard, that you don't like yourself, that remind you of stuff in your life, even the ones that that just grate you, that's where you got to get dug in. You ever worked really hard with somebody, really, really hard with somebody on a project or manual labor, just like you're bleeding together? Like there's some sort of bond that comes out. And Christ desires us to have that bond with each other as we get the rocks out of our life. So we're going to take this time to go into communion. And I'm going to give you at least two minutes to figure out how to open your communion packet. (laughs) So there's a little layer on the top. I already opened mine because I didn't want to mess it up in front of you. There's like a little thin layer on the top that opens it up for you uh, that you can do that. If you're having communion online, enjoy. I had goldfish and grape juice often. It's much easier for you. So you get that little layer off. And then there's another one. If you open the one that's the juice first, you're in trouble. If you're watching online, I'm sure you're laughing and laughing at us as we try to figure this out. Hey, by the way, I want to thank this entire body and all of those online for the amount of grace that you have shown uh, me as a new pastor. I want to thank you for the amount of grace that you've shown the staff of this church. I want to thank you for your faithfulness um, and how you've supported us during this time when even some of your own life may feel like it's upside down, I just want to thank you guys for being faithful and uh, for the grace that you've given us as we've tried to figure things out. i got lots of mistakes, and I'm really excited to make them all right in front of most of you. Uh, but thank you for your grace in advance. So we're talking about these, these rocks. Jesus Christ is also considered the rock. Have you ever, have you ever stood on a rock in your life or stood on a higher rock to get a better view of what's going on around you, like you try to get to a high point to observe? Jesus Christ is that high point for us. You can get on the foundation of Jesus and be able to look out and see the messes that are going on in your life, and they get down and go down there with somebody and clean up a rock, right? He's the cornerstone. He's the keystone. He's a rock that you need in your life. He's the Masavat. He's a standing stone. He needs, he's something in your life that deserves an explanation. And so when you think about a rock, we think about Jesus. And he's a rock that you want to have deeply embedded into your life forever. He's not the one we remove, but the other ones we need to find together. So he did this first. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And we had given thanks. He broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember him, my rock. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. In remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's proclaim him well. Father, I just thank you for this time. Um, I thank you for what you've revealed in your word to me this week. I'm excited for what you're going to reveal to everyone in here, Lord. I just ask you to just encourage us. You'd move us towards fresh eyes. Fresh eyes when we look at your word. Fresh eyes when we look at your parable. Let us put some of those Netflix hours into Godflix hours. Let us be uh, knowing the stories that you've told us to the depths that you would have for us, Lord. I'll ask you to just unfold new things to us here in this season. Lord, let us mine out the rocks. Lord, I, I know, I timidly ask you, Father, I timidly ask you to show the rocks that I need to take care of in my own life. Show the rocks to people in here that they need help getting rid of, Lord. Thank you for providing a community for that. Let us be bold enough to invite our community in to the mess of our rocks. Let us be transparent and loving. Lord, let us be a community that tills good soil. Lord, you called us here to, to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. Let us start here. In our own lives, in our own community right where we sit. Let us be people of the text. We do this by sitting in relationship and studying your precious word and having new questions and give us a, a heart of curiosity, curiosity for your word, curiosity for your revelation in our own lives. Father God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.